Music for the Cinema Geekly Podcast is brought to you by freemusicarchive.org. The Free Music Archive is an interactive library of high-quality legal audio downloads. The Free Music Archive is directed by WFMU, the most renowned freeform radio station in America. Inspired by Creative Commons and the open-source software movement, the FMA provides a legal and technological framework for curators, artists, and listeners to harness the potential of music sharing. Specific music for the Cinema Geekly Podcast is brought to you by Comptroller. Visit them online at cmptrllr.co.uk or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash comptroller. It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode one. Uh, that's because the last episode was episode zero. I like to do those. It's a little weird, but... I kind of like to think of it as like a pilot or a proof of concept or something like that. Um, so for all of you that are like, what? There's already one up there? That's why. Episode one. Uh, my name is Anthony Lewis. My name is Nick Montes. And I'm Rick DeBats. Um So this is, uh, Nick was saying it off the air. This is the B team. I'm just going to be blunt. Uh, <laughs> Rick, Rick, you don't watch, uh, Rick is an aspiring filmmaker, but you don't watch a lot of, you haven't been watching a lot of movies lately, correct? You're more of like a TV guy. Uh, for the most part, TV or horror movies, or I don't know. I, I'm kind of all over the place to be honest with you lately. And, uh, Nick is also, uh, an aficionado of the, uh, the horror or scary movie genre. I don't want to say strictly horror. I don't think you'd call Ghostbusters a horror movie, but, um, I think that's more in the horror comedy i guess but it's not even that scary let's just be honest nick yeah it's not that scary but it fits into that genre and i love that genre um so yeah this is uh i guess seasonally speaking you guys are like the the perfect hosts but uh (laughs) for this particular podcast where i'm going to be talking about stuff that's going on now uh we'll just we'll just see uh, I just had this bad feeling that I'm going to be like this, and you're like, haven't seen it, haven't heard anything about it. Um, hopefully, we're going to be joined by some people as uh, time rolls on here, but uh, if not, uh, you know, that's okay. This will be a, we'll mark it down as a lesson learned. Agreed? Agreed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Rick's just like, why am I here? Um <laughs> The uh, the first thing um, that we do uh, talk about, we talked about it uh, on last week's, is um, what is, and this is, I think, Rick's maybe favorite part of the cinema world, what's going on big in the uh, the, the mainstream area of film? Uh, what's at the top of the box office? And uh, we uh, actually, uh, at the end of the shows, we usually kind of go around and uh, ask the hosts, based on what's going to be opening, what they think is going to be topping box office uh, next week, but... Uh, this week, uh, it was actually a pretty easy predictor for me. Uh, Real Steel, the Hugh Jackman movie, is in first place with, uh, I think it was like $27 million. Um, the uh, the political thriller, The Ides of March, which is great that they released that in October. I really like that. Uh, Doug Benson, actually, of uh, Doug Loves Movies, suggested that they should do a movie called The Ides of October and release it in March to kind of like counter... Uh, <laughs> that came. I'm actually kind of shocked that that came in second place because I'm not. I'm not entirely aware how big an audience there is for uh, political thrillers, um, but apparently they do in fact exist uh, because it came in second place over uh, last week's number one movie, Dolphin Tale, which uh, is uh, just uh, 
made just a little bit more than uh, Moneyball, which I'm actually really looking forward to seeing. By the way, all those movies on Rotten Tomato are uh, all fresh, freshly reviewed films, which means um, above 60% of the uh, the critics out there in aggregate like the movie, uh, which is kind of shocking for Real Steel. Did you guys see the trailers for that uh, flick? Yeah, the Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it looked interesting. <laughs> is that all you've got to say? Um, there's a there's a review for it right now, actually, on the website, because I watched it. Um, and I, I'll just sum it up as um, saying that when I uh, I saw the trailer for this, I cringed with the best of them. I, I assure you of that, because the trailer did not make the movie look very flattering, but... Um, at the end of the review, I, I just said, um, file it into the movie was better than the trailer let on category. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, a trailer really lies to you. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but sometimes you get a movie that looks, the trailer looks amazing and the movie blows. Um, I can't think of anything recently that has done that to me, but it, it certainly has happened. I actually heard a story about a lady that's suing, uh, about, uh, the movie Drive. Really? She said the movie was nothing like she was going to expect it to be. The Ryan Gosling movie? Yeah, she was hoping it was going to be like Fast and the Furious, and I guess it wasn't anything like that. <laughs> Why is she even complaining? Fast and the Furious, the fifth one, just came out like a few months ago. I just, she can't, this lady just can't get enough. She's like, it was drive, and there was barely any driving in it. <laughs> um, Go America. It's like that Incubus song. They just sang. They didn't drive. <laughs> Suing them. Um, it was a little ridiculous, I think. Um, yeah, rounding out, <laughs> rounding out the top five was the, uh, the Seth Rogen, uh, 50, 50 movie. That was about uh, his friend who has cancer. And, yeah, I actually uh, saw that one. Did you? Okay. Well, write a review for the website, man. That's a recent movie. I should write a review for it. I, I will get on that eventually here. Yes, you should. 93% aggregate on Rotten Tomatoes. That means they really fucking love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Seth Rogen, by the way, said that was based off of a real friend that had uh, cancer or whatever and had the 50-50 chance of living. And he said is now uh, still alive and healthier than he is. So, um, okay. Actually, he wrote it. He actually wrote it with the friend with cancer, actually. Oh, really? Is and it they... that, that they do all the movies that they write together? He did that, uh, Pineapple Express. And, okay. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Superbad. Superbad. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, let's see, opening, uh, in fact, I believe today is the, uh, the 14th or the 15th, my bad. So it's already in theaters. So if you want to go to your theaters right now, there's only two movies really worth mentioning right now. There's a lot of, uh, smaller market movies that are going to be only opening in a few, a uh, few theaters. The ones that are opening kind of wide right now are, uh, the, uh, the remake of Footloose and, uh, The Thing. Now, uh, since the thing kind of falls into that horror movie genre, uh, any interest on your guys' part of seeing that? Apparently, it's supposed to be a, a prequel to the the latest remake, which I think was in the '80s. I want to say the John Carpenter one. Yeah, yeah. This is supposed to be a prequel to that movie. Any yeah, I'll, interest? I'll totally be going to go see it. I love the thing. That's one of my faves for science fiction movies. Anything yeah. on your end, Rick? That's going to be all you, Nick. Uh, it's kind of more alien-esque to me, and I, I'm not very – I don't like aliens. <laughs> Rick is not a sci-fi guy. You know, despite the uh, despite the uh, the web series you're doing right now, which – isn't that kind of alien-ish? I don't want to put out spoilers. Shh. 
<laughs> Ruining it. It's illegal aliens, isn't it, Rick? It's Hispanics that are. I'm a good Mexican. <laughs> it's my family. Is that what it is? Yes, the Mo- the Montezes. They're invading people's dreams. Yes, we are. Okay. Um, we can plug we can plug Rick's stuff uh, in in a in a moment. Um, coming soon, by the way, is uh, we have uh, the Three Musketeers uh, and Paranormal Activity Three, which is actually already getting some good reviews. Although I'm going to go ahead and say there's probably I'm guessing some fanboys that are getting some reviews on early. Uh, no, there's uh, actually three top critics right now who like the film. Do you um, do you guys see the first two? I'm presuming. Uh, I, I if I saw the first two, then I'm hoping you guys did, because I did. Yeah, oh. they're awful. I stayed did, away. <laughs> didn't even like the first one, huh? I enjoyed no. the first one. The first, like the first one. Okay, how can I put this? The first one's better than the second one, mm-hmm. but the first one's kind of like getting a toenail ripped off of you. <laughs> Rick is not a fan. I thought it was going to be like something Blair Witch, so I just stayed away. I wasn't big on Blair Witch. So. You're not a found footage guy? No. No. <laughs> uh, the found footage thing, the movie that I'm going to eventually be writing a uh, review for is coming out. It's called Grave Encounters. It's coming out the 18th of this month. Mm-hmm. It's the only found footage movie I've actually, like, that's flipped me out, like, freaked me out. So Okay. It's awesome. I can't really speak intelligently. Like, say, uh, I... I think you can automatically kind of pigeonhole me if I'm like, I enjoyed the first Paranormal Activity movie. You can probably pigeonhole me into casual horror movie fan. <laughs> like, I'm not the dude, I'm not, I'm not so casual that I'm the, di- uh, I'm the guy who likes watching, uh, you know, like Final Destination and talking about the best kill scenes afterwards. I'm not quite that casual. Um, like, I'm not particularly into, like, slasher porn movies, uh, essentially, but... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I probably enjoyed it because I I watch maybe like two horror movies a year. So I'm guessing that that might be why I enjoyed it. I maybe if you watch like a bunch, because I'm more I'm more overly critical of like sci-fi because I watch a, a crap load of sci-fi. Um, I'm guessing that might be the case with you guys because you watch a lot of it, so you're kind of like uh, hypercritical to that particular style of filmmaking so you can point out what you like point out what you what you don't uh kind of quickly whereas uh whereas i was just like yeah it was pretty good but then again i haven't watched a movie that scared me in decades but you were saying that too nick right yeah not a lot of stuff scares you these days not really i can only think of very few movies and it's pretty ridiculous at that too (laughs) so what is it that uh what is it that pulls you in man that's i always thought that was sort of like the uh the drive behind the horror movie is that it's the the scares that people like so much um you're like i'm just a dark scary person in real life pretty much i'm gonna murder people someday <laughs> you've heard it here first breaking news in no. Case anybody... <laughs> no but it's just uh <laughs> i guess i like just good old-fashioned scary stories i mean stuff still scares me but like right. there's very few things that terrorize me there you go that's right. the statement i'm looking for right I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen movies that I'm terrified to go back and watch again, not because I'm actually scared of them, but because they were so um, like the uh, the events that they, they depict are so horrifying that I don't want to go back and really watch them again. Like, um, I, I really don't have a lot of fun watching Schindler's List 
or uh, like uh, United 93 or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, those are movies like where I watch it and the movie's over and I'm like, that was a really good movie. And acting was great. Everything was great. But it's like, how many times do you really want to watch people get like, you know, massacred and stuff? It's like it's different if it's a horror movie and you know it's like for the fun of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching the depiction of like actual stuff that, you know, obviously didn't they didn't really uh, massacre people in the movie quite clearly. Uh, I think we would have heard about that. Um, but just knowing in the back of your mind that this is essentially what happened is, you know, that's the stuff that I find like more terrifying, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's really not a I, – I guess what I should say is uh, Rick's suggesting um, – can you uh, can you get that flick anywhere? Is that, like, available? Uh, 18th. It's it's actually going to be out on DVD. Okay, awesome. Probably at uh, Amazon or uh, other places that sell – fine establishments that sell uh, DVDs. Right. Um, well, Nick, what do you think uh, that people should be checking out this Halloween season? This Halloween season? Yeah, because I certainly I, I don't not newer. I'm just like in in general. Like if you're gonna open yourself up to watch uh, something something decent, what would you say people should go out and check out? I'd just say you go with the classics here. Friday the not your Friday the Thirteenth. I don't really like Friday the Thirteenth, but like Nightmare on Elm Street and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know the good ones. The originals, not the uh, the seventy five remakes they've made of them. Correct? No, no, no. Okay. Although okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, while not really a scary movie, it is just the most ridiculous thing, and you'll find yourself laughing. It's awesome. <laughs> I heard, um, I always heard that about the, they remade the Punisher movie, and I just heard it's like there's so much over-the-top violence in it that it's enjoyable just because it's so ridiculously over-the-top. It's awesome. <laughs> is it really? Because I've, I, I, I've, I listened to a few interviews with the director, and it's a chick director, Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty amazing to me. And uh, she was just talking about how they wanted to just go completely over the top. And she was just talking about how they, uh, um, like she was looking at uh, panels in the comic book. And there was panels in the comic book where this guy is like, I'm going to, you know, feed you your balls in a cup. And like the next panel, he has his balls in a fucking cup. <laughs> and he's like, this is the kind of ridiculous stuff I want to do. I heard it was that kind of like just over the top ridiculous amounts of violence where it's like really gory and it's disgusting and stuff, but it's so over the top that you're not disturbed by it, I guess, where it just becomes fun. Um, which is, I'm not sure if it's a great movie, Nick, you're going to have to vouch here. If it's actually a great movie, is it a great movie in spite of the, the craziness or is it a good movie because it's so crazy? It's totally a bad movie, but it's, it's so much fun. (laughs) Um, so it's one of those so good it's bad, so bad it's good, you can't tell. Okay, I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with just so bad it's bad, but then becomes good near the end. Right. Did you, uh, did either, did either of you guys get to see the, uh, the Avengers trailer, which the entire internet is talking about? Awesome. Totally. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't peg you guys necessarily for comic book guys. Well, Rick, uh, Rick, I know you're a comic book guy. For sure. Um, did you uh, have you seen all of the uh, the lead-in movies uh, to the Avengers? Because they've uh, done oh boy, what is it now? Five, four, something like that. Um, Iron Man, Iron Man Two, The Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Thor. Um, I have had the uh, the privilege of seeing all of those movies, um, and yeah, I, c- I couldn't be more excited. I'm I'm weird, Rick. You um, read actual comic books? I'm willing to bet some. I'm a trader. I have never read a comic book in my entire life. 
not one. I, I know what a panel is. I know that they sometimes call them books. I know that they are. I know. I know about graphic novels, and I get the concept of what a graphic novel is. But I have never myself even so much as held a graphic novel, <laughs> and uh, I'm not a big reader kind of period. But yeah, I think the uh, only comic book I've ever owned was an Ultimate Warrior comic book from oh. <laughs> like 1996. So uh, <laughs> that doesn't quite qualify me. Um, I got into comics. Uh, via the movies, I, I've always been more of like a um, a visual and audio person. So if I can't see it and I can't hear it at the same time, then I'm not a particularly big fan. I I I do read from time to time when I'm left with no other choice. But um, if I were to take a, a preference, it's usually uh, visual mediums over the uh, over the books. But yeah, I mean that's kind of how I got really into uh, like. Uh, comics and stuff. The the only way I know anything about any comic book characters is because I watched the movies and then read about like their backgrounds and stuff via the internet and things like that. Um but I've been more of like a movie watcher. But yeah, man, I'm I'm uh I'm pretty psyched. It's a lot of places are calling calling it a teaser trailer, but it's hard to have a 2-minute teaser. It's a little long for a teaser. Mm-hmm. Um I would say it's um I would say it's more of like a full-length uh, a full-length trailer that doesn't show you very much. Which really isn't that bad, considering the uh, uh, the ha- bad habits that people who make trailers these days kind of fall into, where you feel like you've watched like all the best parts of the movie before the movie comes out. Mm. Uh, um, I thought it looked pretty uh, pretty amazing. Uh, it's just, it's just weird to see all those guys together at the same time because it's like those are all guys who have, uh, well, with the exception of Mark Ruffalo, who's now the the third guy playing the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> um, who was it? Eric Bana did it first. And then it was uh, Ed Norton for the the latest movie, and then uh, Ruffalo for this one. Uh, so, with the exception of Ruffalo, all those other guys have headlined their own movies already. Most of which have come out in the span of just a couple of years. So it's kind of just weird to see all of those people in one film together. Obviously, that was kind of the point, though, of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you guys, I'm 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 looking really forward to it. Uh, you guys um, have an inkling of what the uh, the story is revolving around. Uh, from what I've heard, it's going to be the Loki storyline, and it's going to. I heard inklings, as you just said, it's mm-hmm. going to be more than one villain, but I haven't heard. It. Again, it's all internet talk, so I have no idea. Right the uh, the the whispers are that it's um, probably going to be murdered for for saying it incorrectly. So I just don't know uh, if I'm going to bother saying it. Just I don't want the hate mail uh, coming my way, but. Um, uh, apparently, there's uh, it revolves around Loki, the the cosmic cube, and then some aliens. I think that have something to do uh, with the cube as well. That are kind of like on Loki's side. Um, I'm guessing there has to be more than one villain because I mean, let's face it, Thor kind of more or less took care of Loki in in the uh, the Thor film. I mean, didn't take care of him, but was able to like more or less handle him by himself. Mm-hmm. So why the hell would you need like all of the other guys put together to kind of um, you know, to kind of take down one guy that Thor kind of more or less handled on his own anyway. Um, so I think there's definitely going to be more than one villain in that flick. Um, are either of you guys uh, heavy Netflix users? Because I know I am. Totally. I quit mine. Did you, sir? I did. Did you quit it over all of this uh, recent hullabaloo? It's not the hullabaloo. Or was it just uh, <laughs> it was uh, financial? No, not even that so much. It's one of those things where, like, I just kept having technical issues and they wouldn't give me a straight answer on it. So it was eight bucks I could save. So, 
Um, so sometimes back, uh, they kind of made it more than more than clear that at some point they plan on phasing out the uh, the DVD distribution uh, side of their uh, their brand. They wanted to focus more on streaming. Um, obviously, then they did the price hike, which people were not very pleased with. Nick, are you are you doing streaming and DVD, or just the streaming? I dropped my DVD just uh, this month. Um, was that was that because of the uh, was it because of the Quickster thing, or was that because of the uh, uh, the price hike? It was the price hike. It made me pretty mad. Um, now, see, I understood why they did the price hike. Um, that 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 made sense to me. Um, and, and compared to like the other services that were available out there, I still think that Netflix is probably the best choice. Um, but then they decided to go ahead and announce that they were going to split uh, Netflix into two different companies, Netflix for the online streaming, and then this new company called Quickster, which is spelled hilariously. I think it's like Q-W-I-K-Stir. Um, that'll be real easy for people to remember. Um Anyway, they were going to split that and make that the DVD option, and they were going to be including video games, actually, as well, uh, at some point for, um, I think, whatever the, uh, I think it would have been for whatever the normal DVD mailing price was. Um, This got people even more upset, because they were, uh, as they were releasing more and more details about this, uh, you'd have to have two separate accounts, you'd have two different uh, queues for all of your movies, if you wanted to to rate your films or you know things along those lines, you'd have to um, you'd have to do them all over again for Quickster. They wouldn't transfer over. You couldn't integrate the accounts into one account. People were very mad about all of this, uh, and it made uh, sense. So uh, Netflix, before they even had a chance to uh, launch the new service, they killed it dead. And are going to just go back to the DVD streaming. And that actually, I haven't uh, the streaming and the DVD service, but I, I haven't heard if they're still planning on doing games. Which at the moment, I think GameFly is the only place doing the game rental service. Correct? Is Blockbuster doing that too? Is Block Blockbuster maybe doing it as well? I'm not positive. Um, but that would be a little bit more competition uh, for that area too. And I can't say I wouldn't be upset to for Netflix to offer games. Um, just because I'm not a big fan of uh, paying 60 bucks for a game and then beat it in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I, I personally like to beat it in a couple of weeks and then send it back and get a different one. Uh, I, I mean, there, there are some games that I definitely get some replay value out of, but um, a lot of them I, I'm real pumped for. I get them, and then I play them, and then I beat them, and I'm just like, ah, oh, crap. It sits and collects dust for a while. Um... Let's. I'm glad I got all of the movie stuff out of the way. Let's go on to uh, some TV talk because I know Rick watches a lot of it. <laughs> Too much. Um. What? What's man? What's going on? Because if there's if we're like the an, the like the antithesis of one another, I am the one who watches a lot of movies and not a lot of TV, uh, and you're the one who watches not a lot of movies but a lot of TV. Um. What do you? What do you? Uh, what are both of you guys watching right now? Educate me a little bit. Sell me on some stuff because right now I'm watching like two shows on TV. Legit, that's it. I'm watching oh. two shows and they're on the same night and they're on right after one another. So that's all I'm watching. <laughs> I pretty much watch something every day of the week. To be honest with you, um, where do you want me to start? 
I mean, well, I, I should, I should, uh, I should say that I, I do manage to catch like The Office from time to time as well. Uh, it ju- it just depends. I'm a big baseball fan, so right now I'm concentrated on watching a lot of baseball playoff games. So uh, and there's one on tonight at eight o'clock. So I'm going to be pulling out all of my hair uh, during the course of that game. So um, I will be watching TV. Uh, it'll just, uh, I will, it will just not be spent enjoying it. I'll I'll be sitting there chewing fingernails. Uh, crying, typing, uh, probably like a, a little too much on various uh, message boards and shit. Like, oh god, freaking out and shit. Um, not enjoying my TV viewing at all. So, um, I don't know. What do you what do you watch a lot of? Do you watch a lot of like network stuff, or do you watch uh, try to watch some of the the what I call good shows, the ones that are on like HBO, Showtime, and things like that? Uh, not so well. It's kind of network shows. The only thing I watch that's kind of well, True Blood's done, and that's the only thing I ever watched on HBO, and even that's getting kind of meh lately. So, oh, it's all. Are they are they finished? Finished like uh, season finished or series finished? Uh, season finished. That show's not done. They get like oh, okay. millions of viewers. Uh, right now, the biggest thing. Uh, well, The Walking Dead's premiering Sunday. Uh, that which yeah. is going to be awesome. I can't. I've been waiting a year for that. That's on AMC. Yeah, yeah. I've. Uh... I've heard awesome things about it. It's sitting in my. It's on Netflix Instant right now, so it's sitting in my queue. I have not had a chance to go and watch it yet. This is this is by the way. I should mention how I watch most of the shows I've watched are via Netflix Instant, and I kind of just like I watched Lost uh, in the span of like four weeks, kind of just all in a row instead of waiting week by week and year by year to watch them. I just wait until the show's done and then watch all of the episodes. That's the best way uh, to do it. Because when you it, get to, to like this and you start watching stuff and they take all the breaks. Yeah, episodic TV, uh, it's difficult. And uh, I, I kind of realized like, there were shows like um, that worked that way, that took long breaks, like Lost or Battlestar Galactica, the, the re, uh, reimagined version, um, where people hated... Lots of aspects of the show, and I think a lot of that comes from when you have week-long breaks and then month, you know, uh, very, I shouldn't say a month-long break. Sometimes you get many months if we're talking in between seasons where you kind of just sit there as a fan and you start filling in the blanks in your mind like, oh, I, I bet this is going to happen. I bet this is going to happen. I can't wait for this to happen. And then when they don't do those things, you're just like, oh, fuck this show. Uh, you get really mad at it or like, I can't believe it ended that way. But if you get a chance to sit down and watch it kind of like in one sitting, so to speak, um, without, without any of those breaks, you can sort of see the show come together a little bit better. And when the, when the, when the series ends, you're like, yeah, I I saw that happening or, you know, that made sense to me or something like that. Cause we have the, uh, we have the ability of, of watching it kind of consecutively instead of having the long breaks where we can sit there and kind of build things up in our own mind. Uh, and make them greater than they may in fact turn out to be, uh, that sort of thing. I, I know uh, Walking Dead is sort of like that. There, it, that that's actually more of a had has more of like a, I want to say like the uh, the British miniseries feel to it, where they didn't do a boatload of episodes. Uh, they did probably what like ten, eleven episodes, something like that. Uh, the first season's got six, but the season six this season coming out has got thirteen. Okay, which is still fine. Most most uh, big shows have twenty four episode seasons, uh, roughly. So like double the size of of that. Um, and I can't say I'm complain. I'm, I'm not going to complain either. I, I like that format a little bit better. Fewer episodes. Um, uh, fewer episodes. I, I think mean a tighter story. At least that's the the feeling I get. You don't have to stretch as much stuff out 
over a longer period of time. Game of Thrones is doing that on HBO as well. They only did uh, 10 episodes for their first season, well, yeah, and uh, it, that was an amazing show. It eliminates the filler episodes that everyone's like, well, it's not going to deal with the main problem, but uh, it might mention it, but it's not really right. Right, right. Well, we'll bring it up. We may do a little bit of character development here and there, um, but minor things that really don't have uh, something to do with the bigger picture. Yeah. There's, I don't want to sit there and diss the filler episodes. There have been filler episodes that have been enjoyable, uh, for sure. But getting rid of them doesn't hurt uh, one bit. So the only time I enjoy filler episodes is like uh, How I Met Your Mother has the best filler episodes. <laughs> like, um, it's a good show. Um, is that the? Uh, that's the one with. Uh, is that the one with uh, Allison Hannigan in it? Correct. From. Yeah, we could talk about the, the the next American Pie movie too, but I know Joe McDonald wanted to talk about that, so I may save it for the the next uh, next week's podcast. But uh, um, yeah, I completely forgot about Walking Dead starting on uh, AMC, which I'm probably not going to watch because I haven't watched the first season yet. And if my oh. hunch is correct, it's probably picking up from where the first season left off, uh, and it'd probably be a bad idea to just jump in uh, midstream like that. Do yourself a favor and just watch it. Like, seriously, when you're done with this, don't edit the podcast. Just go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> like, just start. It doesn't matter if you start at midstream or not. Is it? Is it? It's, I'm guessing it's not nearly as complicated as Lost. You can't really jump in midstream in Lost because there's just so much stuff going on that you just you would, in fact, become lost if you tried to watch it yeah. uh, just the middle of season three or something like that. No, it's not nearly as bad, uh, but it's still something like it, it's filmed so well, and it's actually done with the creator of the comic book for the first season as well. So, which is cool, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's really good. Like, I, like I stuff said, comes go, out, go, go. stuff turns out, stuff turns out better that way. I would say uh, the Scott Pilgrim movie, I think, benefited uh, greatly from the guy who actually made the comics and stuff having a a big presence in those films. Um, this is why, probably also why I'd say the. Uh, the Harry Potter movies did so well because the author was able to be like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, um, to really get the author's intent into the films and stuff, uh, I think really helps the movies out, especially when you're, especially when you're doing like a, a transfer from, uh, from a book to a film, uh, having the input of the, uh, the original creators involved in that, I think really tends to help out. Cause you know how fickle people can be about, uh, movies based on books. Um, you always hear that the book was better, uh, line. Um, I try not to compare the two because to me, they're kind of just two completely separate, uh, ways to tell stories. And there's things you can do in books that you could never do in movies and, uh, vice versa. So, well, even like my, my one friend who, uh, is a huge Harry Potter fan even said that the last movie, there were some discrepancies with the book. And I'm like, well, I've never read the books and I haven't seen any of the movies. So. Um, no, I mean there there are definitely uh, discrepancies uh, in them, but I mean, like I said, there's there's some things that, like in a book, you can uh, write out the longest thing in the world you want, but putting it onto screen may chew up a boatload of screen time, and you just have to cut some stuff out because actually, you can't have you, audience to sit through. Actually, it's the opposite. Really? Yeah, seriously. The only thing that that takes time is dialogue when you write right. for screens. To be honest with you. Well, I mean, you, I'm sure there were things because there were there was some stuff. Uh, there was some definitely some things that took place in kind of like the final battle of the film. Uh, there was stuff that they they just left out, like elements that were definitely in the book that they took out of the movie. Um, and maybe they weren't taking stuff out necessarily because they wanted to uh, 
they didn't want it to chew up screen time, but probably because they added some things that weren't in the book that they thought moved the moved the story along a little bit better uh, for the film version. Because there's definitely things they added into the movie that weren't in uh, the book. That does happen an awful lot as well. Um, but I think everything was kind of done within the, uh, the style of the books. Um, I mean, and clearly there are some things that uh, done on film that you can never do in a book. Like... Uh, you can convey feelings through, you know, the looks on faces and things like that stuff. You just can't do in a book. You can imply them in a book, but um, without actually being able to see the person's face, like right in front of you, you may not necessarily uh, get the same meaning that you would watching it, like on a film. Um, I like books and I like movies, but I, I would never try to sit there and say this is better than that because to me they're just two really different ways of of telling a story. Uh, I know it's hard for people to separate those things, but um, that's that's always kind of how I've looked at it. <clears throat> Long-winded discussion of books and movies <laughs> during the TV talk. <laughs> during the TV talk, uh, what else is going on, man? Other than other than The Walking Dead, uh, right now, well, Supernatural is like my favorite show. I've been watching it ever since it aired. Like, well, now we're in their seventh season, which I thought was going to end in episode or season five. Oh, Supernatural. That's on. Is that on Sci-Fi? Is that what is that on ABC? CW. CW okay, I don't. I'm trying to even think if I get CW. Probably. I have no idea. Well, do you have Charter? Yeah, yeah, I got Charter. It's channel 10 or 19. I think it's 10. Okay. I've not seen it. Okay. I don't watch a lot of... Apparently, I don't watch a lot of CW. But I, as I've stated, I don't watch a lot of anything, really. So I'm paying a boatload of money for high-def cable, and uh, I barely watch anything on TV. Awful. <laughs> Curses. Um... Nick, is there anything that uh, you're big on watching on the TV screen, sir? Uh, yeah, right now I'm watching Dexter, actually. Ah, yeah, I've heard that's a. I've not, I've not had a chance to see that's a Showtime show, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, I did, however, get to see a great uh, true life story about how a fan film director murdered people because he was a fan of Dexter. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, he was a Star Wars fan film director and uh, met this girl and share their love of Dexter between one another and talked about how much they love the character and stuff. And Dexter obviously is a character who, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken without having seen the show, don't want to presume that I know, but, um, from what I've gathered is a guy who kind of murders people who kind of have it coming to them. Yeah. Uh, more or less. Um, and has a certain way of doing it and never gets busted. Um, or I'm sure, well, I'm, obviously I'm sure they tease that he will at some point or comes close because otherwise it wouldn't be a very interesting show. Um, it's like he never gets busted ever the end of story. Um, that would be like a medical show where they always save somebody at the end and nobody ever dies on it. It'd be, it'd become a little too repetitive. Um, but, uh, this guy just, uh, decided that he was going to do it. He wrote like a story, like, uh, he, he wanted, he wrote an episode of Dexter that he wanted to submit to uh, you know the the uh, the showrunners or whatever, and uh, he uh, he wrote the story. And when police actually were investigating this guy, they found the story because what he did was the story was what he actually did to this guy. Oh wow! Yeah, he uh, he said uh, his justification was that he couldn't write a good Dexter episode without knowing what it was actually like to do those things. <laughs> Like that was his motivation. It's like he really he wanted to write the best possible episode for it, so he wanted to experience those things themselves. And then you know what? Because uh, 
Um, I think it was Mark Twain who was like, write what you know, essentially. It's like uh, the best person to write your autobiography is you or to write your story is you. Um, and he's like, you know, how could you, uh, how can you write about murdering somebody if you don't really know what it's like? It's like you would have the, he would have had the best episode ever because he would have known exactly what it was like to do it. And he actually fucking did it. Um, crazy, crazy person. They should make that an episode though. I mean, you can't let this (laughs) dead person go to waste. No, man. Um, uh, make the episode and give the money to like the victim's family and shit. There you go. Um, it's a crazy, crazy episode, um, which reminds me of how much I actually I have a soft spot in my heart for fan films. But um, that was like the as soon as I saw it, because it got my attention, I'm like, oh, fan films. Cool. Um, and then I got immediately creeped out by them. Um, our uh, Rick, our, our fan films, the uh, the backyard wrestling version of, uh, of film. Do people look down on fan films? To be honest with you, I never even knew that it existed until you just said that, to be honest. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Like, me in my small circle of filmmakers and whatnot, none of us have ever right. thought about doing anything like that. Like fan films and stuff? Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a huge film subculture. Nick, are you aware of these at all? Yes, I am. Okay. A huge film subculture of, uh, of fan films. Most of them, as you can imagine, are pretty god-awful. Um, especially anything that's like special effects heavy, although uh, they've gotten better over the years. Um, but there are, you know, a few out there that are pretty amazing. Like, uh, there are some that people put into the fan film uh, area. They put them in that genre, but they're really more like guys that are making uh, like a demo reel. Uh, there was a very famous guy who made a, a trailer for uh, a Batman movie. That was uh, like Batman is killed or something like that, and it's like uh, Robin is the guy who kind of like avenges his death, and it has all of these uh, old characters from the uh, the the Batman series and stuff, and they kind of uh, they bring in like Superman and Green Lantern and all these other characters into it as well. But it's just a trailer, and it's a really well done trailer. Uh, believe it or not, uh, Diamond Dallas Page's wife is in it, or ex-wife. Um, I can't remember her name right off the bat, but Kimberly Page is her name. Um, she's actually in it. She played Catwoman. Um, but it was, uh, it was really well done. It looked great, but it was never meant to be made into like a real film. It was just, uh, it was just a trailer made for, uh, it was just, oh, Nick Nick was having microphone issues um no 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 no. it's it's, it's fine it was no it's just a trailer uh for this dude's demo reel there are people who make like actual short fan films and and longer things like that uh i'm a big star trek guy and there's a lot of star trek fan films out there most of them pretty pretty bad uh which is a shame because i i like people going out there and just doing their own thing it's it's uh you know really cool and i wish i had the uh ability to do it myself um, and, and I actually, uh, congratulate them on having the balls to just put their shit out there, um, with really terrible, really, I mean, I mean like really bad kind of like cringe worthy special effects. <laughs> um, like you just shouldn't try to be doing those things unless you have like the ability to make them, you know, look really good. Um, or at least come close to looking good. But, uh, there are some people who are, uh, huge, uh, huge, 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 uh, fans. Most of them are when they do it. Uh, but these people were like uber mega fans, and uh, they were obsessed with the original series of Star Trek, 
which was supposed to be based around uh, Kirk's five-year mission, but the show only went three seasons before it was canceled by CBS. Um, so they they never got to make the the last two seasons. Well, these people were like, well, you know, fuck it, we'll make the last two seasons ourselves. <laughs> and um, this guy um, has uh, it's the most amazing fan I've ever seen because of the. Uh, it's the most amazing fan film I've ever seen because of just like the, the detail they went into, like they rebuilt a majority of the sets from the original show. And that's because they got, um, Paramount to give them the blueprints and they literally rebuilt everything. Uh, they're like museum replicas of the original sets and things like that. Um, and the show has actually got so many downloads and watches that actors from the original show have appeared in the fan films. Oh, wow. Reprising their roles, um, before they started making the original series films, uh, they were going to make a second series called Star Trek Phase Two. Uh, Paramount ended up giving the uh, the people making the fan film they ended up giving them the uh, the rights to use the name. Uh, you know, crazy stuff like that. Uh, some of the actors in the fan film got to be in the J.J. Abrams movie that came out a couple years ago. Um, it's just ridiculous stuff. And they actually, uh, as the series went on, they got um, people who were actually pros in the editing world and visual effects world. And um, now when they release episodes, um, obviously they don't get to release them frequently. They probably only do like two a year or something like that because... It's all volunteer time, but when they do, they have like visual effects that are better than the original series and set design that is uh, on par with the original series. Uh, it's weird. Um, like if it was the 1960s again, it could it it could be on TV. Uh, the acting is good, is as good as the 60s version was. <laughs> uh, so is, that is to say, not particularly great. Um, that's always the complaint. Uh, I think that's why they came up with a perfect fan film. To be honest with you. Because uh, that's always the complaint is that the acting is so terrible. I'm like, yeah, but the plus side, uh, the acting of the original show was not very good either. So um, just think back to Kirk fighting the Gorn. Um, you're, <laughs> tell me you've seen that because that's uh, the greatest thing ever with a dude in a giant lizard costume swinging so incredibly slowly that even the fattest person in the world could duck away from the punches. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous how bad it is. Um where, where did this even... You know what? This 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 is the problem with the podcast. This started from Nick mentioning Dexter. Yes. From Dexter to fan films. Because of that guy killing somebody. The stupid fan film director. Damn you, fan film guy. Nick, what else are you watching, man? Let's, let's go all the way back around. <laughs> well, besides that, I'm not watching a whole lot. Breaking Bad just ended, so... Oh, man. I have heard so many good things about Breaking Bad. See, this is my problem. I did not get to see enough shows. Netflix, man. The first three seasons are on there. I heard, yeah, I heard it's amazing. Uh, can you give me the just give me the quick premise of it, and for people who haven't heard it yet or seen it? Basically, it's about a um, school teacher that gets cancer, and he starts. Uh, he's a chemistry teacher, so he starts uh, cooking crystal meth and selling it. Awesome. Now, is this while he's still a teacher, or did he lose his job? Um, he's he starts out as a teacher, and then he goes into like chemotherapy and everything, and he eventually kind of steps away to do like the meth thing full time. <laughs> he kind of steps away from being a teacher to do the meth thing full time. Well, it, it does make sense. <laughs> you have to watch the show. I don't want to give anything away for people who haven't seen it, but 
Well, if you're telling me it's a little bit different than that, I don't know if I want to watch it now. That's a, that's an amazing premise for a show. <laughs> He's just like, I don't know if I want to educate the youth of America. I think instead I want to sell meth to them. It's so good, though, and it changed my... It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. It changed the way I saw Brian, uh, Brian Cranston forever. <laughs> because I heard that's, uh, that's on AMC as well, is it not? It is. Uh, they're they're quickly becoming the television station for like producing really great TV shows uh, that that isn't HBO or or, or Showtime. Um, AMC is fairly. Uh, I don't even know when this happened or how it happened, but Walking Dead. Uh, yeah, is that is that really what it just they they gave Walking Dead a chance and then it just blew up? Seriously, like it, Walking Dead last season was the most watched thing on cable TV. There, uh, have you heard about the Kevin Smith show that's going to be on AMC? No. What? Uh, you haven't heard about this, Nicholas. I don't think so. What is it? Um, it is, uh, uh, as you may or may not know, Kevin Smith uh, owns a comic book store in New Jersey called Jane, Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Yep. Uh, um, and one of the guys running it is, is Walt Flanagan, who's in many of the Kevin Smith movies as Fanboy. It's Fanboy and Steve Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started doing a, a podcast on Kevin Smith's podcasting network called Tell Em Steve Dave where they would do a podcast from the, the comic book store. And uh, I guess they got um, somebody he knows called him, talking about they have a, uh, an idea for a show that they want to do. They wanted to do um, like kind of like a, a Pawn Stars meets American Pickers, but like with comic books mm-hmm. and comic paraphernalia and memorabilia and things like that. And they wanted to go shoot the pilot, uh, they wanted, and he wanted to know if Kevin had some, you know, he's like, well, you want to know if they could use Kevin's store? And he's like, sure. Uh, and they shot the pilot with, uh, with, uh, Walt, uh, Flanagan and Brian Johnson, who's Steve Dave. Um, they went and shot it there and kind of just like as the test. And by the time they were done, they were just like, you know what? Uh, we don't even need to find like host for this show. These guys are awesome. Let's just use these guys. Uh, so they finished filming the uh, the pilot episode and things like that and uh, sent it off to AMC to show them. And AMC was like, yes. Uh, so they're making it a series. It's going to be on uh, AMC pretty soon. I, I can't remember what the name of it is, but essentially it's like, you know, uh, Pawn Stars, but with like uh, comic book stuff with uh, Fanboy and Steve Dave. Yeah, everyone's which, copying uh, that style right now. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean, those are really popular shows. I've even caught myself watching Pawn Stars from time to time. Uh, it's it's you know it's entertaining. Uh, not always my thing, but I'm a big like history buff though. So sometimes they have really cool stuff. Sometimes they have stuff in there I couldn't care less about. But um, interesting nonetheless. But I, I'd be far more interested in uh, comic book stuff just because I've listened to like their stories of like stuff they've done or people they've run into. Uh, dealing with like comic collectors and things like that, because you get into like the weird underbelly of the comic collecting world. I guarantee you will meet some interesting people uh, going down that road. Uh, Nick is like a video game collector guy, and I'm sure you've met some interesting people in your time as well. So, oh, totally. There's actually two uh, two shows online right now that copy that Pawn Stars American Picker style. They're about collecting video games. Really? Yeah. One's called The Game Chasers, which is a lot like American Pickers, and then there's one called, uh, oh my god, I can't think of the name of it right now. But <laughs> um, they're both nice plugs. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's it, well, they haven't released a new episode in a while. That's why they're not in my mind right now. Right. But they're more of a comedy style. The other show, I God, I can't think of it. 
Retro Hunters. There you go. Okay. And those shows are both really entertaining, and it's funny because there's actually a lot of history behind video games and stuff, too, that you don't always realize. And there are, like, certain games that are so rare that people know, like, everyone that's ever collected or who's ever owned one copy of a game or something. Like, you can go back and be like, when you buy the game from the person, this person previously owned it and that person previously owned it. We should probably I should probably go on the record now and and announce here that we are going to do some video game coverage on the website as well and on the podcast. Um, I've gotten more than enough people. Uh, whenever I would bring it up, they're like, "Yes, video game talk. Yes, video game this that." So uh, I'm not a huge gamer, but many of the other people involved play many video games. So um, we'll probably. Uh, be including more video game talk. Um, if it becomes too much, we'll probably end up doing a couple of podcasts a week and do one maybe that is strictly video games and one that is strictly movie and TV uh, based. So we may end up going down that road. Um, have you guys watched any of the uh, the uh, the Machinima dot com web series, the Mortal Kombat series? Uh, they have a new series they just released too that I started watching. I haven't watched much of the Mortal Kombat series, but have you guys uh, watched uh, that series that they put up? I saw the promo, and that's about it. Yeah, I saw all the Mortal Kombats. They're awesome. Um, did you hear that they, uh, if Rick had listened, well, maybe Rick already knows this, but if he'd listened to uh, last week's Cinema Geekly podcast, they are, in fact, making a film based on the that short uh, story. They're giving the, uh, the director the film. They just said, look, man, you've... Uh, Got a, a visible audience of uh, more than uh, a million or two per episode, um, and they just gave them the reins. They're like, "You're going to get a bigger budget. Uh, you can all the same people who were involved in making the uh, the web series are going to get to make the film. They're going to try to uh, go shot number three at the uh, Mortal Kombat film. Uh, the first one, I think, maybe cult classic. The second one." Uh, show it to terrorists if you want them to provide you with information. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> was not a big fan of Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but uh, the movie sucked. Um, I have watched I have watched a couple of the web series, and they're pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, they're not over the top amazing because they don't have the huge budget they would need to do incredible visual effects, but they have pretty darn good visual effects, and the way that they present the characters. Uh, they try to do more of that. Uh, I think that kind of started with like the Chris Nolan Batman films and maybe the Iron Man film, where they try to place it more in like a realistic place and not so much uh, uh, a magical video gamey world. Um, I think they tried to give it more of a realistic edge to it. Um, based on what I saw, I'd say they succeeded pretty well. What do you think, Rick? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, the first one I saw was the Johnny Cage one. Uh, okay. Johnny Cage is my favorite character, so of course I gravitated to that first. Uh, I actually did some research on IMDb after I watched it, and the guy that they actually have playing Johnny Cage, I wished I could remember his name. I should probably have looked it up. Uh, but he actually, I had no idea I was going to bring this up, though. So. Yeah, sorry. In your favor. Yeah, again. Uh, but he actually did, he's actually a black belt, and he did like uh, some stunt work, actually. Everything they talk about in this series is actually this guy. Awesome. Yeah. So it was really just... It kind of blended some real uh, reality into the character or whatever. Exactly. To make it work a little bit better. Uh, I watched it, actually, because there's a Star Trek alum uh, playing Sonya Blade. So uh, that's how I ended up watching it. Um, But it ended up being uh, really good. I was really surprised. 
um, the way they uh, they and they managed to come up with a, a fairly believable within the realm of possibility uh, <laughs> explanations for some of the characters and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. I I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Uh, my, at this point, my my thing is if I watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation, there's no going back now. Uh, it's like if I gave that a shot, uh, you know, I have to give it a yeah. You know, if I gave that a shot. Yeah, no choice. I have to give this one a shot as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, we hey you guys, we we just about made it. Uh, we got about like five minutes left, so the the B team did in fact make it. You guys really aren't the B team. It's just that we had a lot of stuff planned, and people uh, that were going to be on the show couldn't make it this week. I give us so, the A minus team at least. Yeah, you guys are like the A minus team. Ooh, that's good enough for me. At the very at the very least. Um, gonna first we're gonna i'm gonna uh throw out the list for y'all um you know what uh, i'm not a big dvd fan fuck dvd I'm, I'm all about the blu-rays um but i'm guessing that dvd's versions of these films are probably coming out around the same time as the blu-ray versions um i haven't bought a dvd in years so wow blu-rays got you that hardcore Oh, absolutely, man. I, I don't buy anything unless it's uh, Blu-ray. Uh, I'm still waiting for Jim Cameron to release The Abyss on Blu-ray. I, I refuse to buy the DVD copy of it, because I know as soon as I buy it, he's going to release the Blu-ray version, and I'm going to be fucked. So uh, I'm just waiting uh, ever so patiently uh, for various films to arrive on Blu-ray. Uh, I've even uh, gone so far as to upgrade some that I have on DVD um, to Blu-ray. Rarely will I do this. It just depends on what the film is, but some of them I like uh, so much that I have to, I just have to, I'm a, um, not only am I a cinephile, Nick, I'm, I'm like a video file too. <laughs> I, I really love the high quality video. So it scares uh, me. Cause I have like this big shelf of DVDs and I'm so worried about having to replace them all. I don't, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. I think you're always going to have backwards compatibility, but I think the, and, and there is some like upscaling and stuff, but, um, I, I don't think you're ever going to, uh, at some point, I think they're going to disappear. I don't think discs as a whole are going to disappear as quickly as people think they're going to. Uh, there's still a lot of issues as far as I'm concerned with doing everything streaming off of the Internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of issues that I still think need to be overcome before we get rid of uh, discs entirely. Um, but, no, coming out on uh, – obviously, these aren't out right the second because we're a few days ahead. But um, future Blu-ray releases are for October the 18th. Uh, include Bad Teacher. That would be the the Cameron Diaz is a very bad teacher movie. Um, that's a that's a combo pack. Also, um, I think that's just a take off of the you know the bad Santa, bad this, bad that, bad president. I'm sure we'll have one of those horrible bosses. I think I think we already had that movie. It was called W. It's got Jason Siegel in it, so that's enough reason to t- check it out, right? And and well, you know what? And Timberlake's in it, and I've come to love Justin Timberlake. So agreed. Haters are gonna hate, but I love I love Timberlake. <laughs> I I ten years ago, I can't believe I would have been saying that ten years ago, but here we are. I really like Justin Timberlake. Um, Batman Year One that's coming out on Blu-ray. Um, that would be the animated version, clearly. Um, also coming out, uh, Cape Fear is being released on Blu-ray. Uh, the 1994 version of The Crow is making its debut on the Blu-rays. Oh. I forgot about that. Um, also coming out is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides and the 3D version, which, by the way, fuck 3D. Thank you. Uh, um, <laughs> Red, uh, Kevin Smith's Red State is coming out on the 18th. Yes. Uh, so 
is uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, the complete season three, and uh, the complete second season of V on Blu-ray as well. So those are the uh, uh, the upcoming releases. Um, I have Out of those, I have only seen, I believe, uh, the Pirates movie and the Red State movie. So... Um, Unfortunately, uh, I you know I I kind of wanted to watch Bad Teacher you know because you said Jason Siegel's in it, Timberlake is in it, but part of me is just like I'm so I'm not I'm not sure it hasn't pulled me in yet. I haven't seen it yet either. Maybe after it, it comes out, it can't be as good as Bad Santa was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um oh and hey the uh, the Green Lantern is coming out. I'm I'm going to be reviewing that. It, uh, it came out Friday. Yeah, um, I'm not certain if I'm going to like this movie, but it's a comic book flick. I've got to give it. I'm going to give it a chance. This is the, uh, I think it's the extended version of the film is what I have. So I'm going to be uh, checking that out. Um, so you guys, uh, foot. It's going to be uh, between Footloose and the Thing next week. Do you think Real Steel holds on to its uh, uh, its crown at the top of the box office, or do you think uh, one does of those? A par- two does a Paranormal Activity come out next week? Uh, paranormal Activity is uh, the 21st. That's so we have uh, we have Footloose and the Thing. So uh, it, it may it may be a toss up. I don't know. There may be people who are like dying to see the Footloose remake, which apparently is better than the original, which I also did not see. Yeah, but it wasn't good enough to get Kevin Bacon to come back. He's I guess he was <laughs> offered a cameo, and he's like, no. Nobody puts Baby in a corner. That may be a different movie. I'm not sure. It, I'm pretty. I don't know. I really don't care. I'm, I'm kind of torn. No, this is Rick, where you have to shine. You have to step up and be like, I pick this film uh, over the. All right, fine. You want me to do that? I'm going to pick the thing, only because I can't justify Footloose being good at anything. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the thing is probably going to do better than Footloose is. Um, I know there's a lot of Footloose fans out there. Um, is there? But, oh yeah, man. There's well, there's a huge fan base for everything. That's true. Uh, I mean, there's a huge, there's a huge fan base for hentai. If there's a huge fan base for hentai, then there's a huge fan base for everything. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have a huge fan base. I'm well, no, not quite there. yet. Sir. Um, you will. So I'm going. Rick's going with the thing. I'm going with the thing. What do you think, Nick? Um, if it's between those two, the thing. But I think you know. Uh, well, I think, I think it's between the thing, Footloose, and Real Steel, possibly holding on to its. I think Real Steel is probably going to be on top. You think it's still going to hold out over the the thing? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's a, I think the thing has a chance just because it's the Halloween season, and you may get those people that are like, "Oh, it's Halloween time. Let's go see a scary movie." That sort of thing. But um, like uh, like we mentioned, Paranormal Activity three is coming out the weekend after, and you may have people holding out, you know, for that. So I'm uh, not entirely sure. Nick, I would ask you if you have something to plug. I don't think you do, but if you do. Mm. No, not really. I got projects, but they're sh- they're they're quiet right now. Hush, hush. <laughs> well, Rick, I, Rick, I know who's got projects going on. What's going on with you, sir? Uh, on Tuesday at about ten thirty or whenever I get the files to you, I guess uh, we're going to be uploading the first episode of Luxux Veritas, my web series. So you'll get to see the first three minutes of it and a preview awesome. of things to come. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, and that's at, uh, luxxveritas.net. Um, if you don't know how to spell it, uh, that's L-U-X-E-X-V-E-R-T-I-A-S.net. Um, so there you go. Uh, there's actually some, some teaser stuff up there right now, but, um, and you said, uh, Friday, this coming Friday? Uh, Tuesday. 
this coming Tuesday. Tuesday. Listen to me. Listen to Rick. This coming Tuesday, uh, there'll be like a a small uh, teaser. The first three minutes you said. Yep. First for three minutes, and you'll actually get a. There's a preview for more stuff coming out. So. Awesome. I like to pretend that I'm going to have more, but we haven't finished shooting the second episode yet. <laughs> Support your local filmmakers, sir. Um, has uh, has your other film has uh, Hell's Half Mile already happened, or yeah. are we still? Uh, yeah, waiting? that was last or two weeks ago, something like that. Okay. So- uh, and how did that go? Because uh, really, you had a short film there. Really well. Met some really not cool people. Uh, I got to talk to a bunch of really, I wouldn't say like A-list, like writers and directors, but uh, definitely higher in the B level. So. Well, right. I mean, it's a Michigan film festival, right. so it's not like you're not at Cannes or anything like that. Right. Um, or Sundance, even for that matter. But someday, perhaps. Um, did uh, Now, was the, the you also had, didn't you have a set, uh, another showing as well? Uh, or is it just the Hell's Half Mile showing? Just just the one for now. Um, we're looking to do some more stuff with it, but uh, I want to get in the editing studio and fix some stuff up first. Awesome. Well, I'm glad everything went so well. And, uh, of course, pound it home again Tuesday. It's uh, 10... When did you say it's going to be? 10.30 or 11? 10.30. At 10.30 I, on Tuesday. Hilarious, that 10.30 time thing, but because... Well, A, I wanted everybody to watch Tosh.0 at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Um, That's his reasoning, ladies and gentlemen. Well, mainly because I know half of my friends would probably pick that over my web series. Thanks, guys. So, uh, secondly, then they don't have an excuse. I mean, only Workaholics is on, and that that show's okay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's a Tuesday night, 10.30, LuxXVeritas.net. Is it Veritas or Tas? It's Veritas, isn't it? I think it's Tas. I'm not up on my Latin. Somebody's gonna correct us. They're gonna be like, "Yeah, so you're saying it's not even it's wrong. not it's not even it's not even Lux. Don't say it like that, <laughs> right? It's Luke's. Um, okay, let's just go with it. Uh, LuxXVeritas.net, ten thirty Tuesday. Uh, support local filmmaking and stuff like that. Who's uh who's in it? Is there anybody in it that I know of? <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Reichert's in it. Really? Yeah, he plays one of the characters in it. Uh, I think he's awesome. he's the only one that you would know like personally. Okay. Um, um, and it's just the first episode you guys have filmed, or have you filmed more? Uh, we have the first and fifth episode filmed right now. Awesome. Okay. Just you know, that's how com- it's yeah, coming. completely out of order. What are you gonna do? Uh, I'm shooting four episodes probably next week. That's okay. The first thing they filmed in Zombieland was the the final scenes. So. They filmed the end of the movie before anything else. Awesome. Which is a little weird, but, you know, that's got to be weird. Like, the first day of shooting, you meet everybody, and it's like, okay, uh, we're starting at the emotional climax of the film. Uh, Actually, that's a filmmaking trick. They tell you to do that on purpose. To kind of just get everybody into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not so much getting everybody into it. It's basically they they tell you to do that, especially with actors who are kind of bigger, because they don't have a lot of time to develop an opinion of each other. There you go. There you go. Learning stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Learning on the Cinema Geekly podcast. <laughs> Crap. Uh, you're, never, you're not going to invite me back, are you? <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Rick's definitely going to come back. Um, that's the uh, Cinema Geekly podcast for this week. Uh, of course, uh, thank you for checking us out. If you are doing so on cinemageekly.com, you can stream or download the episodes there. And, of course, uh, if you are a fan of the iTunes, we are there as well. Just... Go into iTunes and search for Cinema Geekly. All the podcasts are downloadable to your pod or pad or, uh, you know, whatever else they come out with. The ITV. I don't know. Something like that. Um, iRobot. 
that was a book and then a movie with Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> but you never know. Maybe they will adapt it and make their own little robot. And then the robot can download the podcast and then act it out to you. I'm not sure. Um, it's Apple. We don't know what Steve Jobs had planned. Come back next week and check it out. But until then, I'm Anthony Lewis. And I'm Nick Montez. And I'm Rick DeBats. Please download next week's episode. This week's, too. <laughs> just forget that. And this week's, but just kind of ignore this week. Just next week. Next week. Next week.